Cause sometimes I be right Hello Welcome To the show How's everybody feeling? Oh me? I'm sick That's right My children done got me sick Oh look If you think about having kids out there Let me just tell you something Be ready to get sick Kids are the biggest germ magnets on the planet. There's no way to avoid it. They're going to bring it home from all the nasty little kids at school, and they're going to get you sick. So this is my flu game. Only unlike Jordan, I'm probably not going to come in and put up a record performance. It's probably going to be in and out pretty quick. (laughs) I'm going to be more like Pippen nursing the back injury. How you doing, Cyber Family? Welcome back. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I Be Right. I'm your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally! So like I said, man, I'm under the weather, so I'm not going to waste too much time here. Uh, let's get right to it. Let's get to some quick hits. Quick hits! Quick hits! So the NFL owners meetings are taking place this week, and some news came out of that. Uh, The first being that they have uh, proposed, voted, and agreed and passed a new overtime rule for the playoffs only. According to the new rule, each team will get a possession in overtime. And if after each team has one possession, if the game is still tied, they will revert back to the original sudden death overtime rules. My question is, one, why? Why only make this a playoff thing? And two, why did you have to change the overtime rules anyway? Look, I understand every once in a while you have a situation like you did last year with the Bills and the Chiefs, where it's like, oh, man, we wish we could have seen the Bills have an opportunity. But how often does that happen? Once, twice a year? And is it really that big a deal? Come on now. Don't let them score a touchdown. If you get, if you have, if you say, hey, listen, to hold hold them out of the end zone, you get the ball back. If the defense can't stop them from scoring a touchdown, do you deserve a shot? Wasn't that your shot? Why do we always look, you know what, I get it. Because the league is going more offensive, they're making it really hard to play defense, so the defense doesn't have the same opportunity that the offense does. I get it. But I just think it's kind of, it's not really something that needs to be changed. I, if you're going to do that, then I think you need to change it for the entire season, not just the playoffs. Because I think you don't want to be experimenting on something new come the playoffs when things are the most important. That's all I'm saying. Another thing that came out that really is uh, grinding my gears is they passed a new rule making it mandatory for every team to have at least one minority coach or woman on the offensive coaching staff. Meaning, on the offensive side of the ball, one of your coaches has to be either a minority or a woman. Now, number one for me, this just sounds odd to begin with. Making it mandatory to have to hire a minority or a female seems like ugh, yucky to me. Not saying that they shouldn't be hired, but just saying it acknowledges that you believe 
that these owners need to be forced to do it because they wouldn't do it on their own. Meaning you recognize there's a problem with your league and this is your way of kind of addressing it. Well, that's yucky. That makes the league look bad. Secondarily, if they don't want to do it and you're forcing them to do it, what change are you creating? You're just putting a pretty little mask on top of an ugly face. That's all you're doing. And for me, ugh, all they're going to do is probably bring in a token female, put her on the staff, and then get rid of her and bring in the next one, or hire some minority, put them in there for a year, boot them out of there, and then bring in a new one the next year. For me, it's just one of those things where it's like you can't force people to think differently than they do. Secondly, actually thirdly, I guess at this point, I'm not sure. Like the problem isn't we don't have enough minority coaches. The problem is we're not the league's not hiring guys based on credentials. They're hiring based on word of mouth or I like that guy or I think that guy's better than that guy. And there's no clear definition of what it takes to be a head coach. There's no clear path. There's no clear path. Yes, yes, there is a lack of diversity in the head coaches in the league. Far more white head coaches than minority head coaches. But is that because these owners are racist or is that just happenstance? Because I got news for you. The one of the worst coaches we've ever seen in NFL history was Urban Meyer. He was a disaster. Guess what nobody's talking about? His race. I don't think the problem needs to be addressed by forcing diversity into the NFL. I think the problem needs to be let's get the idea that it has to be something out of there and just let it be what it is naturally. Hire coaches based on a make a chart. Here's what we would. Here's here's you know like. Like uh, like like job requirements, right? Like those, like you go look for a job listing, and it'll say, "Well, you have to have a master's degree or a bachelor's degree and six years of experience." Have that. Have a set standard of, "Hey, listen, if you want to apply to be a head coach, if you want to interview for the job, here's what we're requiring for you. Here's the minimum you have to have had accomplished in life, and therefore you make it an even playing field for everybody. No more, hey, this young hotshot." Uh, offensive coordinator seems like he's brilliant let's make him a head coach to see how he does no if he doesn't meet the requirements he ain't qualified that's a real change because then you have guys of every age race every sexual orientation everything can come in there and there's a standard and it's not based on anything other than your credentials and your productivity as a coach just solve the problem for you nfl you're welcome Today I was watching TV and happened to hear uh, Jay Williams asking the question, should the Lakers shut down LeBron James for the rest of the year? It's a couple games left. They're clinging on to the last, the 10th and final spot to get into the play-in tournament. They're not going to make the playoffs. And even if they make the play-in tournament, they're not getting through it. And even if they did get through that, they're going to get washed in the first round. So the question is, what's the point? What's to be gained? Well, I'll tell you what's to be lost. What's to be lost is crucial games for LeBron to pad stats. Yes, I'm hating early. (laughs) But here's, here's the thing that was bothering me. 
Here's the bother. Here's the thing that was bothering me. They were saying, oh, in this offseason, LeBron has the opportunity to sign an extension. So he's going to be looking at this team, reviewing it, and seeing if he feels like it's something he could compete with going forward. My problem is LeBron created this mess. As we're judging this team so harshly, this is the team that LeBron put together. This is his doing. They had a deal for Buddy Heald. He said, no, get me Westbrook. This is his mess. And if he dares, if he dares to walk away from this mess and a single, a single person says anything about, oh, he doesn't have much time left. He needs to win championships. He can't stay in this mess. He deserves better. I'm going to lose me marbles. Ah. Another thing that's happening that I've heard is... There's a lot of hype right now. I heard the question come across the TV. Does Deshaun Watson make the Browns a legit Super Bowl contender? Are we sure that Deshaun Watson is that guy? Are we sure? Listen, I know that he was playing well before he went out with his issues, but it's been a year he hasn't played. Are we sure that he's just going to jump right back in there and be great? Was he ever great? I, I just don't know. I don't know. And I think that everyone's being way too just like, oh, yeah, they're going to be great. They're going to be fine. Blah, 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 blah. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm fired up, y'all. The last thing I want to talk about um, in these quick hits is uh, I'm I'm starting to hear rumors. I'm not going to reveal my sources, but I'm starting to hear rumors that Zion... Zion might be milking his injuries to kind of force his way off the Pelicans. Now, that's the case. I'm just going to say, hey, bro, you're playing with fire. Because while you're doing that, you're making everyone else real nervous. Unless everyone behind the scenes understands that you're just trying to get out of town, in which case they forgive you and there's a feeding frenzy. Here's my problem. Knicks, don't you do it. Don't you trade away a bunch of pieces for that guy. Let it be. Let him get to you in free agency. Hold tight. Like Mel Gibson and Braveheart. Hold. Do not. Do not try to make a blockbuster trade and get rid of all your assets for that guy. Because that guy is not carrying a franchise. And that's it for Quick Take. Whoo. Fired up. I'm trying to get through this quick, man. I'm struggling, y'all. <laughs> Oh, man. Whew. Anyway. So let me, let me take a step back. So this, this NFL free agency has been, has been pretty wild. And there's been a couple moves that have happened that I think the sports media is just really drawing massive conclusions for. And it's confusing me. Okay. So I came in here last week and I had asked the question, are we sure that Denver is a quarterback away from being Super Bowl contenders? Are we sure? And everyone says, oh, you know, they got great talent. They got great talent. And that hearing that is a trigger warning for me. Because as a Cowboys fan, I've been hearing since 2005 that the Cowboys are one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. And every year since 2005, I've been disappointed. So my question is, 
Yeah, you may be talented, but is that going to equal wins? I don't know. I don't understand why we have to make these grand assertions like, oh, yeah, the AFC West is the best the best division in football. Oh, bar none. That That's going to be insane. Maybe not. Maybe not. What if Russell Wilson is good and the Broncos are good, but, like, not world beaters, right? And the Raiders are making a lot of moves, and their big move, their big marquee move is getting Devontae Adams. Now, here's my question. Is Devontae Adams really that guy? I'm just asking the question because, again, I'm just trying to figure out where people stand because for the last decade, all I've heard is that Aaron Rodgers is special. Aaron Rodgers is the best thrower of the football ever. All I've heard is Aaron Rodgers could win with anybody. Look what Aaron Rodgers is doing with that roster. So you want me to believe the guy who benefited the most from that elite quarterback, Devontae Adams, you want me to believe he's going to go to another team and do exactly the same thing? So there's no drop-off in his production. Then why is Aaron Rodgers getting all the credit for his production when he's in Green Bay? Like, I don't understand. And the same thing is going on with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was traded to the Dolphins. Number one, terrible trade. Dolphins gave up way too many draft picks. They mortgaged their whole future for this idea, what, that you're going to win now? That you're that you're one receiver away? Look, again, is Tyreek Hill really that guy? Is he a number one? Look, is he a number one? Is he line them up on the outside? That's your number one receiver going against their best corner. Double team him if you want. Does it matter? Is he, is he that? Are we sure that Tua Tungavailoa is that quarterback who can deliver him the ball in the spaces that he needs it? Like, I just think we're falling in love with results and ignoring how you got there. Now. Let me just stop everybody because you're probably cursing out your your speakers right now. You're probably throwing stuff thinking that I'm an idiot. I'm not saying that neither one of these guys are that dude. What I'm doing is I'm asking the question. Because every time a top receiver has gone somewhere, right, to a lesser quarterback, their numbers dip. And then we say, see, it's it's all about the quarterback. So now they're talking about how Green Bay is going to struggle. Oh, oh, wait, because they lost their receiver? Because y'all told me that Aaron Rodgers was so great, he makes everybody better. But he lost his receiver, and that receiver is so good, he's going to go to another franchise and elevate them and get them way into the stratosphere of success. And Aaron Rodgers is going to plummet because he has nobody now. I thought he could make everybody better. Do you see how I'm confused? I'm confused, genuinely, because I don't know. What are we doing here? I'm going to tell you right now. 
I'm going to tell you right now, Tyreek Hill, not going to work out in Miami. It's not. Tyreek Hill benefited tremendously from Travis Kelsey. You literally had to double-team Travis Kelsey or he was going to run all over your defense. He was the key. You had Travis Kelsey doing that. You had a solid run game. And you had Patrick Mahomes who was willing to just launch it. Tua is playing for his life. He's playing for his career. He's not going to be willy-nilly just launching it out there. And you no longer have that tight end drawing so much attention. I don't care what nobody says about nothing. I pro- I'm willing to bet so much that Tyreek Hill is going to be good. He's not going to make the impact that they need him to for the package that they gave up. I just don't believe it. And I think Devontae Adams is going to go to Oakland. I was about to say Oakland. Oh, my God. He's going to go to Vegas, and he's going to be good. He's going to have a good year. I don't think he's going to be this transcendent player. Oh, I'm lying. I forgot they had Waller at tight end. Yeah, he's going to have a big year. <laughs> he's going to have a big year. Let me tell listen. Derek Carr is is is, is a is a man of God, and he's probably sitting there thanking God every second of the day that he got a shot now to put up some numbers and actually get a contract, and most importantly, get some respect. They're gonna have a good year, but Tyree Hill, you gave up so much that your expectations are we got Randy Moss, and you didn't. You got you know what you got? You got Deshaun Jackson in his prime. A really a, a really fast player who can get deep and every once in a while is gonna get deep, but overall isn't making the difference between winning or losing very much. That's my opinion. And I and I think it's crazy that they're they're questioning the Packers and how good they could be. And they're questioning they're questioning Aaron Rodgers. Look, Rodgers, you ain't have to take all that money, dude. You took so much money, there wasn't nothing for Devontae. I wouldn't be surprised if Devontae looked at that and said, yo, you know I'm I'm trying to get a new contract, right? I'm trying to negotiate my deal with a little extension. You took all of the money. Knowing that I was negotiating, knowing that this is a hard salary cap, knowing all of this, you took all of the money anyway. It's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. And that just lets you know who Aaron Rodgers is. So... I don't know what it has to do with anything, but whatever. <laughs> so the Knicks, the Knicks are on a four-game win streak um, at the time of recording this, and the young guys are playing well, and the defense is playing well, and they look like a respectable team. Hey, Knicks fans, I'm just here to tell you, don't fall for it. It happens every year, like clockwork. The team is awful, and we say, oh, this team sucks. Get rid of the coach. Trade this guy. Trade that guy. And then all of a sudden, they end a little strong. And you know what it does? It gives you hope. We think, oh, they finally got it. They turned the corner. Oh, too bad it's just too late in the season. No, no, no. They didn't turn any corner. They didn't get anything. They just know we got to finish up strong. 
leave a good impression so we can come back next year. Hey, guess what? I ain't buying into any of this. The team is trash, and they're going to make a stupid decision. They always do. I'm not going to walk into next year thinking, oh, this team could legit be good. I'm not. I don't care if they trade for John Morant. It, 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 I'm just I'm not going to have hope. You're going to have to prove it now. I've been dealing with this for a long time. I've been dealing with Knicks fans for a long time. I've been dealing with my own fandom for the Knicks. I'm not buying into this nonsense. It happens all the time. And I think, oh, the young guys are going to come back next year and they're going to play great and this is going to be blah, 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 blah. And Tibbs finally got through and everyone's going to get better. That's another thing. Everybody always assumes that the guy's going to get better. Hey, guess what, guess what everybody was saying last year? Oh, Julius Randle had a really good year. He's only going to get better. And then he comes in this year and lays an egg. And now, Knicks fans are completely willing to get rid of him. Oh, we should have never signed him. Oh, we shouldn't have paid him that money. Oh, what a mistake. I don't think it was a mistake. I think he's having a bad year. And I think when you start having a bad year and you're losing games, I think you get frustrated. And I think it shows. And I think initially he started by trying too hard to replicate or even outdo what he did last year instead of just coming in and playing ball. That's all. That's all that happened. So now it's not going well. The fans start turning on you real quick because that's how New York fans do. Listen, love y'all to death. Y'all are passionate fans. A lot of dumb fans, too. A lot of fans ready to just give up. Just move on so fast. Hey, remember when Saquon Barkley was like the savior? Oh, my God, this guy's legit. I wish I had I wish I wish had this show back then because I was saying back then, I ain't touching Saquon Barkley at all. Because every great team, I shouldn't say every great, every good team Penn State played in college, he got shut down. Shut down. And running back is a completely dependent position where you need the offensive line to open up holes in order for you to be effective. Saquon Barkley is a guy who's going to rush 20 times for 19 yards and then on the 21st carry, break a 70-yarder. And at the end of the day, it's going to look pretty good. His stat line is going to look pretty good. But in reality, if you watch the game, it, it was garbage. I was saying that then, but now... You know, now Giants fans are done with him, right? Daniel Jones. Oh, man. What about Danny Dimes? Remember Danny Dimes? Remember y'all was loving him when he had a couple good games? Now, all of a sudden, he can't play. Get rid of him. This isn't the guy. Oh, my God. We need to get the guy. This isn't the guy. Come on, man. That's New York. That's New York fans in, in, in a nutshell. I love a guy on Tuesday. He plays bad on Wednesday. Let's trade him on Thursday. Y'all buy into these Knicks if you want to. I'm not doing I'm not setting myself up for disappointment anymore. They start playing well. They make it to the playoffs. They do something next year. Then I'll, I'll buy in. Until then, I'm not going to believe it. Just won't. Let's touch on the final four, man. Uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong about the final four. I was wrong about my picks. Look, man, UCLA lost, and that hurt. That hurt me so it really did. So my final four was, I had Gonzaga playing UCLA, Kansas playing Arizona, UCLA and Kansas playing for the championship with UCLA winning. Now, 
I could still get Kansas into the championship. But I had picked them to lose, so my bracket is toast. I'm sure many of your brackets out there are also toast. But, hey, you know. That's the way it goes, right? I told y'all, if you was betting based on my picks, you a damn fool. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) When it comes to college basketball, I have no idea. So the final four is actually Duke facing off against North Carolina and Villanova facing off against Kansas. Now Villanova is dealing with some injuries. They're having a real tough time. I think Kansas is going to run right through them. Now Duke playing North Carolina is very, very interesting. I'm not going to call conspiracy. I'm not going to call fraud. I'm not going to say it was a setup. But it is kind of convenient in Coach K's last year coaching. Not only do they make the Final Four, but they have to play North Carolina for the first time ever in the NCAA tournament. What are the chances? Do you just believe in coincidence? I don't. What are the chances? But I'm not saying it was a conspiracy. I'm not saying it was rigged. I'm not saying any of that. But damn, St. Peter's was a great matchup for North Carolina, wasn't it? Ain't have to play too hard. You could rest some guys, go into that Duke game real healthy. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. But I think we have to give a lot of credit to St. Peter's, obviously. And they showed well. And I think, listen, I'm, I'm naturally the guy who wants to root against whatever, like, the, the great story is, right? Like, if everyone else thinks it's a great story, I'm not with it. Now, if I come across it on my own and I think it's a great story, oh, that's awesome. Like, I was rooting for UCLA. I thought that was a great story. I thought that was a fun team. That was one that I would completely get behind. But when St. Peter's started becoming, like, this big national story and everyone was like, oh, how impressive are they? I immediately started trying to look at them to find holes. But even I... The coldest of hearted sports fan, even I, the natural born contrarian who wants to go against popular opinion, I couldn't help but root for him as well. And for no other reason than they just played hard and they played basketball the right way. They had effort on every play. It didn't matter who they were playing, bigger, better, faster, stronger, didn't matter. They were just playing the game. They got down. They didn't panic. They just played the game. And when you see that, you have to root for it. Yo, the one guy was out there with his his leggings had holes all in it. His tights were shredded. (laughs) He was looking terrible. Those had to be like his lucky, his lucky tights. There's no way they couldn't get him a fresh pair. That was looking bad on national TV, bro. But I think the the cool thing about them was it was a small school, undersized, undermanned, going up against college basketball and winning and getting to the Elite Eight. But they ran up into North Carolina, which just reminded everybody there's levels 
I say it all the time, man. There's levels. St. Peter's is a great story. Yeah, they beat Purdue. Yeah. But North Carolina's different. Those athletes are different. There wasn't a single person on St. Peter's roster that could have made that North Carolina team. Not a single player. If you if you lined up, if you just put their rosters out and went down the list of the best players, you're choosing every single player on North Carolina before you got to a St. Peter's player. Now, that's no disrespect. It's no disrespect at all. It's just there's levels. See, I play rec basketball, right? I say it all the time. We, we, we were CB4. And the collective group of us, we were good. We were a good group, right? We had some good players, some good shooters. We did some things well. The problem was, in the league we played in, there was always one other team that was a little better than they should have been, right? Because the way it was split up was, was two divisions. So you had, like, the Premier League, which is where all the young boys went and the real hoopers went. And then you had the rec, right? The rec league, where it was like, hey, a little bit older. You might have some co-ed teams. It's like you there more to have fun, and you don't really want the pressure. Now, we competitively wanted to play in the Premier League, like as competitors, like, no, let's play against the best. But our average height on our team was about 5'10", and every team in the Premier League was running at about (laughs) 6'5". And I'm not talking about 6'5 and lanky. I'm talking about 6'5 ripped dunking from the free throw line. Insane athletes. Yo, I'm 5'8". At the time, 5'8", 230, overweight, beer belly. I ain't guarding none of these guys. Hey, I got no shot. <laughs> now, my ego and my pride is telling me, yo, put me on the court. I can play with anybody. But in reality, I know, ah, no, 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 no. Them boys are going to embarrass me. So let's go over here to the rec and play with the guys who are a little older, a little more in our range and whatever. But we had players that could play in the Premier League but chose to play here, right? So there was always one other team that was like that as well. It's a long-winded story, but let me get to it. So what would happen was we would go through the entire regular season and usually go undefeated, win every game, get into the playoffs, run through the playoffs, get to the championship and go against that other team. And they were just better than us. Whereas we might have two Premier League players, they had four. And there was just nothing we could do. They just were better than us. And you just had to accept the fact of, oh, no harm, no foul. They're just better. And you saw that. I say all that to say that that's what happened to St. Peter's. St. Peter's is a solid basketball team that plays the right way, that plays hard, that's easy to root for. But they went up against a team that was just better. And they were reminded there's levels. And when they were just better, it made them look like they were rushing. It made them look like they were slow. made them look like they were intimidated. But they weren't. They were playing the same exact way. That other team was just different. And now that other team, North Carolina, has to go against Duke. So here we go again. I will once again give you the warning. If you place any bets based on my predictions, you're a dum-dum. Do not do it. I don't know. I hate Duke. Do you think I'm going to pick Duke to win? Well, you're wrong. I am picking Duke to win. (laughs) I don't want them to. 
It's just, see, you know, I said this about Miami, too, so I don't even know. I said Miami got the juice. You just see it, and you can't do anything about it, and they just got the juice, and then they got washed. But I'm going to say it again. (laughs) For the third time in the last couple months, I'm going to say it again. Duke and Coach K's last year, getting to this point, I just don't believe in my heart of hearts there's any way that they don't make it to the championship. Now, I don't know if they win it. If I was going to bet, I would bet on them to win it all. Why? Because they got the juice. They have a why. They have a motivation. It's deeper than just basketball. They really want it. They really want it for him. And when you get a group of guys, when you get anybody willing to do or are acknowledging or realizes that they're doing it for something greater than themselves, that team is going to fight harder. That team is going to be determined. That team is going to focus harder. Right? Because they're doing it for something greater than themselves. Like North Carolina wants to win because they want to win the chip. Every player on that team wants to win the chip. But Duke, these players don't care about themselves. These players are trying to do it for Coach K now. They came to Duke. Some of these freshmen came to Duke his last year. We got to send them out with a chip. And you're two games away. You're one game away from getting there. And all you have to worry about right now is getting there. You're one game away. That's all it's going to take. They're playing for something greater. So... My heart, my heart is picking North Carolina. My head, logic, is telling me Duke's going to win. On the other side, Kansas versus Villanova. Villanova, like I said, dealing with some injuries, some issues. They're going to come out, play hot. They're going to start hot probably, but I'm picking Kansas to win. And then I got Duke playing Kansas Duke playing Kansas in the national championship, and I got Duke winning it to send Coach K out with a win. And I don't even know if I'd be mad at that, to be honest. Because like I said last week, I don't dislike Coach K. I just hate Duke. You know, I'm still mad. I'm still mad. I'm just, I'm, I'm still mad about the whole LeBron winning his options in the offseason thing. That really burns me up, man. How how do you create a disaster, right? Like this is this is what I mean. Like I, I don't mean to go back to the hate, but this is what I mean. This is what I mean when I say LeBron gets a pass or LeBron supporters or LeBron he never gets the blame he's due. Now we can argue all day long about what's his fault and what's not. Sure, but there is zero denying that this team, this Lakers team was heavily influenced by what LeBron James wanted. We all agree, correct? All right. So if this is what he wanted and this is the result, who the hell is he to turn around and then say, I'm going to evaluate this roster at the end of the year and see if it's something I feel like being a part of. This is what you created. Now, look, it's not fair of me to say this, right? Because he didn't come out and say nothing. This was... This was someone on ESPN saying it, speaking on his behalf. And he, he wasn't even giving inside information. He was just saying, this is what's going to happen. He's going to have to con- consider like winning championships. If LeBron James sits out the rest of the year, I will acknowledge that I was wrong about him padding stats. Because then clearly he's not trying to continue to build his resume. If LeBron James comes back under the guise that he's trying to will his team to the playoffs, that's BS. 
He's padding stats. <laughs> That's all there is to it. I just don't like the idea that he could create. He could make a mess, leave the house, and then we all look at it like, yeah, of course he left the house. Did you see that mess? Like, yeah, he did it. He created it. He had a huge hand in it. He was he was he was the ringleader of it all. I'm done. I'm done. That's my time, y'all. Listen, this week, real short episode. Uh, I apologize, but like I said before, man, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty crappy. Uh, I got this this bad cold my kids gave me. I think I got like a combination of the cold from both of them. They they both got sick and I just got it. Like oh man, I'm feeling cold, like crap. And listen, anybody who knows me knows I get a cold. Then I'm shutting up. I'm shutting down shop. <laughs> I'm not good with that stuff, y'all. I'm be honest. But listen, man, I want to thank y'all for joining me. Listen, we got a lot of cool things coming up. I'm working on things behind the scenes. And I promise you, before you know it, before you even realize this whole thing is going to, boom, take off to the next level. Listen, we are prepping for that that uh, that glow up. They talk about the glow up, right? It's about to be a glow up. Trust me, we got some things in the works. I thank you all for coming back week after week after week after week. Listen, this ain't never going to stop. Even when I'm sick like today, baby. To this day. Every week, okay? No quits. I just got, you know, cut a little short. That's all. But listen, next week, I'm going to make it up to y'all. We're going to do some draft stuff next week. We're going to go through some mock drafts. I'm going to do about seven mock drafts. I'm going to mock draft as multiple different teams to let y'all know what I would do if I was in teams. I know I said I was going to do it weeks ago. I'm doing it because y'all need it because this week was a short episode. So next week, I'm coming back two hours minimum. All right? <laughs> anyway, man, have a good have a good week. Listen, watch the games. Again, do not bet on my picks. Please don't bet on my picks because I don't want nobody coming after me saying I need to pay off their debts because I ain't got it. All right? So have a good time, man. Enjoy yourselves. I'll see y'all next week.